0: The Game Nashville Studios, presented by Wholesale Inc. Mount Juliet. It's time to take you behind the scenes in Smashville. Cuts across, he score. This is the Preds' official podcast with Thomas Willis and Brooks Bratton. That powerful blow from back of the net. On Smashville's best sports talk.
1: ESPN.
0: 102.5 The Game.
1: Welcome in. It's episode five of the Predators official podcast, the POP, here on ESPN 1025, the game streaming on the Game Nashville app and available wherever you may find your favorite podcast. Thanks for stopping by. I'm Brooks Bratton alongside Thomas Willis, the ginger duo of NashvillePredators.com. Ready for another week, and I think it's important for a disclaimer right off the bat. Last week, I was the one with the head cold, struggling a bit. This week, Thomas is a little under the weather, got a little bit of a throat phlegm thing going on. You've got some water over there. I think you're going to be okay. Wow.
0: I felt like you were my doctor right there trying to describe my symptoms. <laughs> I think everyone's expecting me to be like, hello, everyone. <laughs> it's not It's not that bad, but you're right. I, You may speak a little bit more than I
1: do, which is probably best for everyone. It's important to stay hydrated. Sure. In all cases. Uh. The Preds, they've been doing all right so far. Four games into the season, three and one, including a big three nothing win over the Winnipeg Jets on Thursday. We'll get into that. Also, the interviews continue. Mm. We're finally into the forward core. Ryan Johansson, best part of the show. We sit down with the Preds' number one centerman, talk about what else but Doug and Dozer, his lovable Bulldogs. We'll touch on that and a whole lot more in just a bit. What did we learn against the Jets and what have we learned so far? From the regular season for the Preds. Some fan Twitter questions, as usual. We love getting the fans, getting all of you involved. And uh, a giveaway as well, as we like to do here on the POP. We're giving away a signed mini helmet this week. Stay tuned for information on how you can walk away with that. But first, Thomas Willis, the Predators and, Je- and the Jets, the rematch. Mm-hmm. The postseason meeting. Not a, a revenge game, as Kevin Fiala called it a day earlier. The Predators come out. They get that 3-0 win over the Winnipeg Jets. Ryan Hartman, Roman Yossi, Ryan Johansson, the goal scorers. Pekarine his 52nd career shutout. He's now in sole possession of 23rd on the all-time NHL shutouts list and now just six wins away from tying one of his idols, Mika Kippersoff, for most wins by a Finnish-born NHL netminder. That's not too shabby, and especially to do it against the Winnipeg Jets. It was a win that felt good for the Preds.
0: Well, and I was interested to hear the chatter going into the game. Ryan Ellis, for example, was saying, the Jets don't have the rivalry in the history, the the timing of an Anaheim Ducks or Chicago Blackhawks. His example was, as soon as we played the Anaheim Ducks in back-to-back postseasons, he's like, man, I hate those guys. And we're seeing that the Jets are quickly becoming that, though. You really need a playoff series to materialize a rivalry to make it a real thing we got that last summer or last spring I should say and now this was the first matchup and now it's really more about where does it go from here because all expectations are the Jets and the Preds will both make the playoffs and due to the current and continuing playoff structure they will meet potentially before the Western Conference final so they're going to either meet in the first round or the second round like that's how it's going to map out because they're both in the central division so it was funny to hear ryan ellis kind of saying like yes they're getting there you mentioned some guys who were saying no like this i hate these guys this is a rivalry well but then we get to the actual game and boy does it seem like they really don't like each other
1: there were a number of scuffles some stuff after the whistle and i think it kind of goes back to you remember the game a few years ago when the jets were in here they got beat by the predators five nothing the lasting image in my mind is Matias Ekholm pointing to the scoreboard. Was it Truba? I, f- I forget exactly which player it was he was having the disagreement with. One of the greatest gifts of all time. And, and saying, hey, bud, we're up 5 nothing. Take a yeah. look at the scoreboard. But the scrums, the fights in that game, I think really brought in the physical part of that mm. rivalry. And as the two teams have gone on these past couple of seasons, establishing themselves as two of the best teams in the National Hockey League, they play like it every time they get together. But yes, a penalty filled affair on Thursday night. Matthias Eckholm and Colton Sisson simultaneously fighting yeah. in a good old fashioned brouhaha. I personally still love that stuff when it happens. <laughs> um, the Predators, although they had their chances on the power play due to the amount of penalties the Winnipeg Jets took, mm-hmm. 0 for 9 on the power play. And we'll address that in a bit as well. But a couple of sound bites. First, Ryan Johansson on not being able to score on the power play. Kind of a funny moment after the game here.
2: Obviously happy to get the win, but what needs to happen with, with the power play to, to get one through there? We need to score. <laughs> How do you go about doing it? Oh, you you got to put the puck in the net. That's first thing. I don't know. You know, we're we're gonna be happy with the win, and and we'll be able to look at everything. It's, it's definitely nice we didn't lose losing that game and had to win all those chances. So, um, you know, we won't get frustrated with it. We'll, we'll just look at what we need to do better and, and do it
1: you got to put the puck in the net. It's, right. It's, it sounds very simple. Makes but me t- feel a little better as an analyst here that sure. sometimes it is actually that simple. Sure. It's not worth <laughs> overanalyzing. <laughs> sure. But no, it's it's something that the Predators talked about. As we said, we'll discuss it more in just a moment. But then, back to that scrap, I love what Roman Yossi had to say after the game. I said, Yos, what do you think about Matthias Ekholm and Colton Sisson's? chucking some knuckles there
2: I mean Aki's first fight uh, I was making fun of him like the last (laughs) six years for not getting a fight (laughs) but um, yeah it's I mean Wheeler's a tough guy and uh, obviously no sissy tough guy um, would do anything for the team and um, yeah it definitely definitely gave us a lot of
1: momentum not a bad scrap for Matias Ekholm's first in the NHL. A tough no. customer in Blake Wheeler that he took down.
0: Well, and, and Papa Sissons, Doug Sissons, walked by me in the <laughs> Lexus Lounge, so I know he was there to see his son engage in the physical element of the hockey game. <laughs> and I think from that, that's the larger point we wanted to touch on because there have been comments of last season, the Predators took the most penalties in the NHL. They're not there right now. They're hovering around like 11th or 12th. But Peter Laviolette, the head coach, have said multiple times, I don't want this trend to continue. I want to nip it in the bud rather than letting it you know, build up over these games because we're such a good team. We either need to be playing five on five or we want to not not bait. That's not the right word, but play so well that it causes the other team to take penalties, and you saw that. It's the power play, which we'll touch on that more in a moment, that needs to convert. But the Predators, tell me if this is an oversimplification. I feel like the Predators won that game because it was the Jets that took a step too far. They well, were the jet-
1: Well, well, well. <laughs> how the turntables?
0: Well played there by Josh behind the controls. No question. I mean, the turntables. To quote Michael Scott, they got flipped around sure. there. I mean, and it was the Jets that went a step too far. And, and, and I'll quote here um, from the Winnipeg Free Press. I thought this was interesting. Dustin Bufflin said, "We just got ourselves in trouble. We tried digging out, and we couldn't. That's just how it goes." Every team is going to go through it sometime in the season and tonight was our night. So he was kind of being like, "Okay, you know it happens," which is probably part of our answer on the power play. But then the author Mike uh McIntyre goes on to say, "Make no mistake, these Winnipeg penalties were deserved." And he goes on to list, you know, the tripping penalty, the high sticking penalty, the in- the interference. Predators players were just being thrown into the goal last night for <laughs> for multiple different penalties. Um but what can that do? within a rivalry like this, within arguably two of the best teams in the Western Conference, when the Predators are kind of putting the onus
1: back on the opposition and using their own game against them to ultimately beat them. Well, as Michael Scott just said, how the tables have turned or how the turns have tabled, (laughs) the Predators have been in this situation before, I feel like. when you, It's really hard to walk that fine line when you've got two teams with a disdain for one another that these have. It's really hard to walk that line between, okay, I want to finish my check on this guy. I want to let their their bench know that we're coming tonight and we're not going to let up. When do you cross that line? When is one too many cross checks? When is one too many roughing penalties? Blake Wheeler wanted to attack Philip Forsberg. Yeah. In the game I mean in the classic Philip Forsberg, I'm just going to smile and Love laugh it. at you, which makes people even madder. But if you're Blake Wheeler in a one nothing game, you can't be throwing your gloves off for no I I shouldn't say no reason. He's not going to do it for no reason. Obviously, he wanted something to do with Philip that something that had happened earlier we're not quite sure but if you're Blake Wheeler one of the leaders of that team I don't know that you can do that in that situation yeah and that was one of the things that just seemed to snowball from there and luckily the Predators as we said 0 for 9 on the power play they were still able to get that win Roman Yossi said we got a lot of momentum off of that scrap that brawl in the second period they got two more goals in the third period did the Preds but 0 for 9 on the power play and I saw Chris Mason A color analyst extraordinaire for the Preds throw this out on Twitter. Would you rather be two and two, but five for 15 on the power play? Or would you rather be three and one and 0 for 15 on the power play? Yeah. Luckily, 75% of the respondents said, well, I'd rather be three and one, but there are some people that would rather see the Predators' power play succeeding right Right. now. My counter to that would be you make the playoffs by how many points you have in the standings, not by how much your power play is converting. Right. And Laviolette was asked,
0: as he should have been, about the power play after that win, saying, hey, at one point you got eight consecutive minors, which the Jets coach Paul Murray said, never seen that before. (laughs) He's good for a quote or two. Uh, But Laviolette said, you know, the easy answer is for me to stand here and say, like the hockey season, like wins and losses, like different elements within the game, there are going to be about 10 games where you feel like you score a power play goal every time. There's going to be another 10 games where you feel like you don't the personnel is there. I I don't think any of us are questioning that. The talent on the blue line, the talent up front is there. And we'll see. I I think it's just a matter of some small adjustments because there's no question that is something that hangs over the head of those players on the special teams. Because if you think about it, if you're, let's use Ryan Johansson since he's coming up in the next segment as an example. When Ryan Johansson's on the ice, that means another center, another top player is not on the ice. So you feel an A weight as a special teams player to convert to give your team wins by getting that power play goal when you do. So, I think the elements are there. I think the one again, I'm not a coach, but I think one thing that I've noticed is the Predators sometimes shy away from that high danger zone of the low slot. Like it's almost they want to just play it. Oh, we'll do some point shots. Oh, we'll do some shots from outside. And that's like. You get into a groove and you just do it without even thinking about it. Like when you're converting on the power play, it's oh it goes it goes down to Kyle Turris, he gets he hits Kevin Fiala on the slot or Craig Smith, and it's a great shot. But it's you start overthinking a little bit when you're like, man, we haven't scored a power play goal yet this year. Oh, we went 0 for five the other night, and you kind of keep it around the outside. And Roman Yossi maybe shoots three or four times when maybe he he only needs to wait and hit it once or that sort of thing. So. It feels like you're forcing it at times, but it's one of those things where you've got to get it to the middle of the ice. You've got to get in those high danger zones where you know that you have a better chance to score and then go with it from there. Not, not let it just rag on you too much and, and get so frustrated that, you know, you let it weigh you down.
1: I think that's the biggest thing for me. And you mentioned it when you're not scoring the pressure builds and builds and builds and all you need is one to fall. And then everything's right in the world again. So hopefully the press can get that done sooner rather than later. The power play is going to be fine, as is the team. It's going to
0: be fine, guys. It's going to be, gonna be end okay. around
1: 20% this season. It's going to be okay. Everybody calm down. It's going to be fine. We're going to be fine, because up next, Ryan Johansson, the man who you've already heard from once, you're going to hear from a, a heck of a lot more in segment two. We sit down with number 92 and talk about just about everything but hockey. You are listening to the Preds Official Podcast here on ESPN, 102.5 The Game. Welcome back to the Predators official podcast on ESPN 1025 The Game. You can join the show on Twitter at PredsNHL using the hashtag PredsPodcast. It's time for our weekly chat with a member of your Nashville Predators. We've been touring the blue line so far, but we're headed to the forward core. And our first forward guest, a centerman, number 92, Ryan Johansson, joining us today on the POP. Ryan, welcome.
0: Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me. I mean, I think you can take that somewhat positively. You are the first forward we went to. So, I mean, take
1: from that what you will. Uh, we've talked with a number of guys about their animals, their dogs. We know you're a dog lover. Doug and Dozer. I think everybody, pretty much everybody knows about Doug and Dozer. Um, right. We first wanted to start, Douglas was first. How did Doug come about? How did Doug become a member of the family? Well, we, when
2: me and Madison first met, that was kind of, you know, one of the first things we talked about once we we knew we were going to be together for a while, and is uh, we wanted a dog in our lives, and uh, we were both so passionate for pets, and we both both uh, grew up with family pets and stuff, and we wanted one of our own where we could be parents for, and and uh, you know, looking back at the last three years with Dougie, and and one year with Dozer, now it's they really they really uh, you know complete our life and. Uh, you know, some people it sounds goofy, but you know, for people that have pets I think they understand that, you know, they mean the world to us and I don't I
0: can't see myself going a day uh, in the rest of my life without having a dog. Oh man. I have two questions we can combine into one. Number one, bulldogs, how'd you settle on that breed? And secondly, some of our listeners will remember years ago there was an episode of Beneath the Ice where you revealed that Doug had his own portrait. Does Dozer have his own portrait as well? Not
2: yet. I've oh, been okay. I've been all over uh Madison on getting one of uh dozer. She says she's in the works of of getting one done up but I'm gonna keep pressuring
1: her till uh, till that <laughs> happens. <got> you. <laughs> uh, for you having the dogs, I, I don't want you to play favorites, but is there something you like more about Doug than Dozer or vice versa or something that Dozer does that you're like, man like Doug I wish he was this cool. Yeah they they're definitely uh quite different
2: with their personalities and stuff doug's a big time cuddle buddy i think that's what uh, madison loves about him is is uh when it's time to relax and chill out he's he's cuddled right up to you and where dozer wants his space a little more just to flop over and start snoring somewhere but um one thing they have in common is they both uh constantly
0: fart throughout the day so (laughs) just a couple of stinkers (laughs) Our last guest, Yannick, uh, his two dogs have their own Instagram account. Your two dogs have their own Instagram account. I just – I wanted to – I'm curious just how you, um, as a player and as an individual, uh, as a parent to these dogs, how do you approach your own social media? Like, how do you have fun on your own account, on Instagram primarily, and then with theirs as well, with the two dogs?
1: Yeah, I,
2: I don't do anything with theirs. That's all Madison. Okay. They, um You know there's just with social media there's so many people post things about their pets and stuff and madison was like oh we should do one for the dogs i'm like sure go ahead (laughs) so boom she she made an account and and uh you know people just love having a good laugh uh during when we post pictures and stuff and and uh kind of a way to interact with you know our personal lives a little bit and and what it's like for us kind of on a day-to-day basis or week to week and and just to see how uh how
1: goofy and and fun our dogs are! <laughs> Something we saw a lot on your Instagram this summer. And every summer you head back home to British Columbia, beautiful British Columbia. There you go. What is it about that spot? Obviously, you grew up there, and it's home for you. Yeah. But to go back, we see the photos. We've been lucky enough to travel to Vancouver. It's a fantastic area. But what is it about your home city that you love so much? Yeah, we're. I've.
2: Me and my brother, and you know our parents too, are just so spoiled to grow up there. It really is. Amazing! Like, if you if you're a person who enjoy enjoys being outside and being active and stuff, I, don't, I haven't been to a place that's better in the world yet, and we uh, we look forward to always going spending time there in the off seasons and and getting around and doing things that I grew up doing and which I enjoy. And I got my first boat this summer and got to spend lots of time in the ocean and and you know on the where I live. It's a forty-five minute drive downtown, but if I take the boat, it's only thirty minutes to downtown. So <laughs> I can and I can cruise all the way right out in the ocean, and and uh,
0: it's a pretty spectacular place when when it's not raining. <laughs> this question will will take some build up, but I remember I guess it was January twenty sixteen when you were acquired in the trade for Seth Jones. A tweet got kind of brought back into the spotlight and that was a certain basketball court that you have in Vancouver and it was a Columbus Blue Jackets themed basketball court and your original caption on the tweet was, can't trade me now
2: everyone forgets about the hashtag, do okay, you well, even know I, what?
0: I honestly don't, what was the hashtag? that's
2: what I mean, like everyone just reads that and was then... it just
0: kidding or something like that, I don't know
2: Yeah, I said hashtag probably though. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone thought I was being serious. Like you can't trade me now. Like I was being serious, and which drives me nuts about social media sometimes because I was just making a total joke. Like it's it's supposed to be a fun thing, and like everyone was just laughing at me. Like oh look at this loser thought he couldn't get (laughs) traded. (laughs) It makes me just laugh, but you know I. I would love it. I think it was still cool, and I've spent a lot of time out on that court. No, it's absolutely fantastic.
1: Well, if anybody knows you, like, that's your personality. You're, well, right. You like to have fun, right? I mean, you're a fun-loving guy.
2: Yeah, not everyone's the same, I guess.
1: <laughs> Unfortunately. Well, you mentioned Lucas, your brother. Yeah also a great hockey player in the Washington Capitals organization.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, we met him at the draft in 2017, I guess, in Buffalo. Yeah. Um, you were there helping the Preds to make their pick. He was there hoping to get drafted by the Preds. Unfortunately, yeah. it didn't happen. But for you to have a brother who's at this level as you are, and you were mentioning the other day, you guys, when your dad's in town, hashtag Randall, like you guys talk about <laughs> hockey. That It's a hockey family. You guys talk about yeah. hockey. It's just in your blood.
2: Yeah, it's just, you know, obviously we're most passionate about in life, I guess, and which we all uh relate to so similar is the love for the game of hockey and and uh you know, it really you know brings our family together and um you know, obviously our me and my brother's lives revolve around the sport of hockey, so um you know, it's pretty hard not to have conversations without having something to do with the sport, so um. Yeah, Randy, my my old man, he can. He's uh he enjoys talking about the game. That's for
0: sure. Mm-hmm. I, I, of course, you can't put yourself in his shoes. But do you think it's challenging for Lucas as the younger brother to? I feel like there's an assumption in hockey that oh, well, this guy played in the NHL. His brother surely can't. And that's sort of how, how did he approach that as he's gotten older? It's a good question. He's he's a very
2: intelligent kid, and I've never. I've never kind of sat back and been like oh i hope I hope Luke doesn't feel pressure or things like that i've never really that's never really concerned me or come a, come as a thought or i guess or you know he's he's uh he's a, he's intelligent in a way where he 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 views his career as you know his his own work and himself and you know, he's Lucas Johansson, and he's going to be Lucas Johansson. And um, I think he, he just has a belief in himself that he's going to do what he does and he's going to be the best he can be. And, and uh, you know, obviously he wants to play in the NHL and reach as long as he can and have a, a great career and stuff. But what uh, impresses me most about him is he, he wants to be Lucas Johansson. And uh, I know that because the kid works his absolute butt-off, he, non-stop. He just wants to be the best person and player he can be. And, and as an older brother, it inspires me, and, and he's a role model for me in that sense. And, um, you know, as he, as he matures and gets older, he continues to impress me that
1: way. There's no doubt that you guys are close. He's a guy that will be at your wedding next summer you've mentioned madison before congratulations on your engagement the wedding next summer uh, what do you think about it have you started making any plans that sort of thing
2: yeah she's doing all the hard work i'm sitting back and just (laughs) trying to enjoy the whole process but there's a there's a ton of
0: ton of stuff that goes into it that i'm leaving to her (laughs) i mean do you know what your wedding colors are like are are you that involved i I mean i don't even know there's wedding colors (laughs) okay okay you mean like suits or like well no traditionally like you're picking like okay well, to use the president's example, navy and gold, like those are our two colors, oh. that sort of thing. I got married six years ago, so I, I vaguely, I vaguely remember how it goes, you know.
1: I, yeah, I didn't even know that. <laughs> so, I'll show you where I'm at. <laughs> did you get any inspiration from you were at the Arvidson wedding yeah, sure. this yeah. summer? Correct. What did you think about that?
0: Yeah,
2: there, Madison was definitely taking down some notes <laughs> and things she liked and things she didn't like or whatever. And, um, so it was, it was actually really good to go to a couple and get a, a feel for how things work because. Uh, the two of us, have, we've only been to a few, uh, few weddings, uh, so it was good to get out to a
1: couple more and, and see how it works. It'll be here before you know it. Lastly, I want to leave on this. You've been in Nashville a couple years now, and I'm not trying to suck up or anything, but I admit that you're one of my favorite quotes in the locker room, especially when it's talking about the fans and playing in this atmosphere. Yeah. But you really, like, you're not just saying that because I'm sticking a recorder in your face, right? Like, you really do yeah. mean it the the passion these fans have and you've been very outspoken about experiencing that lately.
2: I I yeah, I, yeah, I tu- truly do mean what I'm saying and I think the best way for for me and in, in my opinion and explaining the our community and our fans here and the support that we get is is really I don't know how to put it into words. I've said that many times uh since I've uh was acquired here and um it's 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 kind of one of those things you just need to experience and and every single one of my friends or family that come visit here for the first time is just blown away they they just can't believe the support that uh our team gets and as players it's you know it's it's just it's a great feeling for for your fans to to see the work you put in and and uh, uh i guess how would i say this uh you know, to to kind of believe in the process with you and and see and see things coming together and and the success starting to build and and uh, and I think you know as fans come to games and in the community they see see us as being great role models and and going out there and doing the best we can and I think that's why you know we have uh, some of the most passionate fans is because they they they're understanding what with the
1: sacrifices
2: we make just as hockey players.
1: I think if there's two things that we learned, it's one, the man loves playing in front of these fans in Smashville, and two, (laughs) even though there's flatulence, it's worth it to have the Bulldogs. Ryan, (laughs) thank you for doing this. We appreciate it. Thanks, boys. Appreciate it. The POP on ESPN 1025, the game continues in just a moment as we tell stories from the recent Community Relations Day and take a look at what's ahead for the Preds. You're listening to the Preds Official Podcast. Listen to that synthesizer. Whew. You I was, might think I that song
0: is 30 years old. It's not. It's <laughs> came out this year, I think. If not last year. but
1: No, this year, I think. Yeah. As Charlie Puth says, I was born in the 90s. We're 90s kids.
0: Love the 90s. I barely made it, but I sure did. Welcome back to the Preds official podcast on ESPN 1025. The game screaming streaming on the Game Nashville app and available on com slash podcast.
1: There is no screaming involved.
0: Sometimes there is. <laughs> well, speaking of... <laughs> Someone who actually, uh, this will never see the light of day, but on Gladiator Day, we asked Sir Ryan Johansson to scream like a goat, like the rally goat that you often see at Bridgestone Arena. He did it. It's hilarious. We'll see if it ever sees the light of day. I don't think it will, (laughs) but what a fantastic interview we just had with him in the last segment. And I think you and I, of course, this is each of our fifth season covering this team, so we've been here before him and hopefully not after him. We'll we'll see how long we're still here around with his uh, long-term deal, but... I think you and I have really seen him become a leader, become a much bigger part of this team. And And one example we wanted to give as we start the story time portion of this show is he hosted the entire team before this season began. A, a really cool environment that you and I were actually able to go to as well, but really solidifying that group before they embark on this 2018-19 season.
1: Yeah, shout out to him and his girlfriend Madison had a wonderful wonderful, fiance Madison yes of course a wonderful evening at uh, their home and like you said it's a really good way that everybody kind of gets together in the organization and comes together and it just gets ready for for the season and the journey that everybody's about to go on together and he was the uh, lovely host for that occasion as Thomas said Uh, a little bit of story time now
0: what's the story you wish for
1: Speaking of being a 90s kid, the
0: greatest child, children's program, television program of all time. I mean, The GOAT. It was about a dog, but it was The GOAT. I'll say it right now. What's the story, Wishbone? What's the story, Wishbone? For those who are unfamiliar, it was on PBS and it was about a Jack Russell Terrier. Which you know how. Which I now have in no small part to that child, that children. I can't, I keep trying to say children. I'm saying child. <laughs> that children's television program. He, a literature, so he would. Tale of Two Cities, Charles Dickens. I mean, just some. Oh man, Sleepy Hollow. I mean, that episode scared me to death. But boy, did I learn. <laughs> story <laughs> time ever. We finally found our story time drop that we wanted for all this time.
1: Finally. All right, so let's hear a story. that's a good one. So Community Relations Day, the Predators do it annually. It's a great opportunity for the players to get out into the Nashville community, just as the title says. They go to a bunch of different locations, hang out with kids help a uh, room in the inn is always a big one, a homeless mm-hmm. facility. There's lots of different activities that go on every year. A- another one that is a staple is a visit to Monroe Carroll Jr. Children's hospital at Vanderbilt. I went there this year. I always like to get over there and see what's going on. They've got Seacrest studios over there, which is a radio studio that they have celebrity guests come in and it's streamed throughout the hospital. So even if the patients are not well enough to get down and come see the celebrities, They can see them in their room. It's a great setup. So six Preds players go over there, including Ryan Ellis. And when I go to the hospital, I I like to try to find some sort of story. I like to see how the patients and the players are interacting, see if there's something I can pull out that would make a good story. So we're getting down to the end of the visit downstairs. The Players are getting ready to go up to the rooms. I'm not going to be able to go to the rooms. I've got to go to some other sites for some other visits on CR Day. So I'm really kind of hoping for something. Nothing's really jumping out at me. And then all of a sudden, this young man walks into the radio studio and goes, Ryan Ellis. I'm like, okay, there it is. We got a Ryan Ellis fan. Mm -hmm. The kid was so happy to see him. So I'm like, I've got to talk to him. So he gets a picture with Ryan, comes back out. His whole family's there. His sister, his mom, his dad. And his mom is holding back tears. I'm like, okay, well, here's there's got to be a story here. I got to talk to these people. Eight-year-old Thorin Forsland is, is his name, which, by the way, what a name. Phenomenal what a, name. What a hockey name. Shout out, shout out to The Hobbit by J.R.R. Tolkien. <laughs> but, yes, Thorin, great name. Shout out to Carolina Hurricanes broadcaster John Forsland. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Thorin Forsland is his name. Eight years old. Long story short, Ryan Ellis is his hero. Thorin has – Thorin's a fighter. He's been through a lot in his eight years. Surgery mm-hmm. after surgery from the time that he was born – Up until now, about a year ago, he got really sick again. His family moved to Middle Tennessee. He got really sick again. He had meningitis, had uh, strokes, memory loss in his brain. The prognosis was grim. But the doctors and nurses at Vanderbilt, as they do, they saved his life. Yeah, And he got an opportunity, him and his family. One of their doctors surprised them with tickets to a Preds game. So they go to the game, have a fantastic time, go down to the room afterwards. Ryan Ellis comes out. And is the first one to talk to Thorin. And the beard is what he recognizes, (laughs) right? The beard is the immediate attraction. But Thorin remembers that. And their inspiration was Thorin had had an operation on his legs. And Ryan, of course, was coming off the off-season knee surgery. Oh, yeah. And so Thorin's mom, Tori, a lovely woman, great to speak with her, a fantastic story to tell. She said that when they met Ryan, their inspiration instantly became... Well, Ryan was injured, but he didn't give up. Yeah. So if Ryan can come back and do it, why can't Thorin? Mm. And that's the inspiration for that. And that, it just, Ryan was able to come over and talk to them and spent at least five minutes with the family and just the the look on their face and how happy they were how much they appreciated that it really struck me i mean i was uh, it's I, exactly what i was just going to yeah. say i
0: feel like you were really impacted by that as
1: well I, even just
0: being a witness
1: to yes, it all yes yes i i texted you on my way out and i'm like i've i was emotional yeah. i'm like i'm trying not to get too wrapped up into it but it's it's awesome to see it's one thing to go to the hospital and just say okay they're interacting with patients it's cool mm-hmm. it's nice whatever to see something like that that really hits home for a family and how much a guy like Ryan Ellis means to them, that was fantastic to see.
0: And I think that's one of the parts of your job that you enjoy the most is being able to tell that story that, in theory, it's kept between Ellis and Thorne and his family. And yet, you're not going to overblow it, but it's just so great to say, you know what, Ryan Ellis is a lot more than than a great shot from the blue line and that sort of thing. Uh, I'll only tell mine briefly. I also, of course, went out on community day with some of the players, Nick Benino and Kevin Fiala went to the 12th South location of Christy cookie, a proud sponsor of the Preds. And mine's more anecdotal. It's just kind of funny, but I showed up and I was like, Oh my goodness. There are, there might be a hundred people in line down 12th South. And I'm like, this may be the first time ever that that line is facing toward Christie cookie and not for the mural, the 12th South, I believe in Nashville mural. Like, <laughs> There was no one in line for that mural. There were more than 100 people in line to see Nick Benino, Kevin Fiala, buy some cookies, and then the funds went back to the Predators Foundation. So Christie Cookie, they love the business. And, of course, they always have great business, but it just was funny to see that not a single person was in line. And traditionally, when you drive down 12 South, you're like, my goodness, what are these people doing? And it's all about that social media, all about that IG. Got to get the post. (laughs) Got to get it on the gram. And if there's anyone who's jumping at an opportunity to go to a cookie shop, Right. I was glad I ate beforehand because, let me tell you, they were warm and they smelled delicious, <laughs> but I, I practice restraint. I'm uh, trying to be better about that. Since I'm not eating salads because you're not beating me in fantasy football, exactly. I might as well not eat cookies all the time. But in the second half of this, let's transition to some news and notes, but then the week ahead. So on Saturday night, the Preds will host the New York Islanders to go ahead and wrap up their season series against Barry Trotz uh, and his new club. And then on Monday, a familiar face you may not see him on the ice, or you may see him around, but Paul Fenton, the longtime assistant general manager. And Bruce Springsteen's biggest fan. And Bruce Springsteen's biggest fan will be back in the building, presumably to see his new club. He's now the general manager of the Minnesota Wild take on the Preds. Uh, one note before we get to that, Austin Watson will not skate near those games, of course, but the news that came out earlier this week was that his suspension by an independent arbiter was reduced from 27 games to 18 there are statements out there on multiple social media accounts. The Predators issued a statement, uh, and so we're not going to really get into it, but I would just say like that isn't something that the Predators pursued. They weren't trying to get that reduced. Um, and the NHL actually had their own statement saying they didn't want this to come out and say we're not reducing our feel on the severity of, severity of domestic violence. It's still wrong. We're still standing against it. Uh, but like the Arbiter's prerogative is, he decided to reduce it. So now we should see Watson return to this team on November the 15th in Arizona, in Glendale. So we'll see how that goes. But as far as the hockey action right now, you were up there for the first game against the Islanders. They're on Saturday night, and then
1: your good buddy. Paul Fenton comes back on Monday night. (laughs) The Islanders, boy, do they have a lot of speed. And they should be rested. They played on Monday. Monday was the last time that they played. Crazy. And so just the way those those quirky little NHL schedule uh, tweaks early on in the season here, uh, not twerks tweaks we don't <laughs> twerking please no one twerk no one no twerking um they've got a lot of speed on their roster the islanders do mm-hmm. uh matthew barzell is the guy that comes to mind anders lee their newly named captain as well
0: well i was actually here helping darren mcfarland do some radio and so i was listening more to the broadcast with Hal gill and again as a former player i'm always interested to hear his thoughts he must have said 10 times this might be the fastest one of the fastest initial games i've ever seen and he was saying from the 17 18 season to this year. He was just saying, good grief, did the NHL get even faster? So, you're right. I mean, the Islanders, they are a tough opponent for that reason.
1: Should be a good one with the Isles. Barry Trotz, of course, in here as well, former Preds Welcome coach. back, Barry. Now on Long Island or Brooklyn, if you will. Yeah. And then, bad. as you said, Monday, Minnesota. We got the first Central Division game out of the way with Winnipeg. Mm-hmm. Always good to, to pick up those Central Division rivalries once more. So, Minnesota, bit of a shaky start, but they're starting to... To find their way in the early goings, so you're looking for maybe a little more scoring, uh, but it's always a good matchup when the Preds and Wild get together. They've had some good battles over the past couple of seasons, and you know Paul Fenton's going to want to win that one. Well, and
0: honestly, I would say that the rosters are probably going to be just about the same that they were last year because you wrote it down in here in our notes, but they were more of a, a fourth line or kind of a depth. A lot of free agent moves made on July 1st, but really, really nothing big because. It'll be interesting to see what Fenton does long-term in that role because he already had several long-term contracts. I'm thinking of Devin Dubnik. I'm thinking some other guys. Uh, like what does he do with Eric Stahl long-term, that sort of thing. So
1: should be what we get a lot, which is tight checking and usually a good game. Sure. So two more games to finish up the homestand here in Nashville, and then a little bit of a break, three-day break, and then they're headed to Western Canada for the first time, Calgary and Edmonton in the weekend coming up. So that's the week ahead. That's story time. We've got one more segment to go. We'll take some of your Twitter questions. We've got a contest as well, as we like to do. It's all coming up next on the POP, available here on 102.5 The Game and the ESPN, The Game Nashville app. Thanks for stopping by. We'll be back in just one moment. Listen to those bongos. I feel like I'm back in high school percussion class. Great. <laughs> Welcome back. I'm not in high school anymore, thank goodness. Welcome back to the Presidential Podcast here on ESPN, 102.5 The Game, streaming on The Game Nashville app and wherever your favorite podcasts are available. Who hasn't wanted to cover Africa by Toto at this point? Shout out to Reliant K. You did a, phenom- <laughs> a surprisingly phenomenal job. <laughs> hey, I did want to mention real quick, um, we touched on Vanderbilt in the last second. I was at Vanderbilt twice. Over the week, Pecorine, the 365 fund, making another donation. It's a yearly thing, five years running now. 365 Pediatric Cancer Fund presented by Twice Daily. A record donation of $523,365.18, all going to Monroe Carroll Junior Children's Hospital at Vanderbilt for pediatric cancer research, research. Shout out to Pecorine, the Nashville Predators Foundation, and Twice Daily for coming together. And you, Preds fans, for giving back at Hockey Fights Cancer nights, helping to make that happen. There's a story and a wonderful video as well, mm-hmm. featured just uploaded to NashvillePredators.com. Be sure to. Oh, head we we're there. about to get shut out on the NashvillePredators.com well, drop. Oh, we can't get through a whole show without. No, we cannot. Tiger growl. My goodness, that'd be silly.
0: But yeah, no, seriously, that video. You taught you were almost getting emotional in the previous segment. I just uploading it to the website. I was like, <laughs> dang, like, Pekka just sharing his. His, his love and his heart for children dealing with these illnesses and just how much it means to him to be able to help them. It's it's touching
1: stuff. It's impactful. Pekka pulls at the heartstrings. He always does. Darn S- Pekka, you've done it again. <laughs> Speaking of giving back, we like to give back to our fans here on the show. It's time for our weekly contest. We're giving away an autographed Preds mini helmet. Who's it autographed by, you might ask? Me. Well, the value just decreased significantly. No, it's not. It's not. Although maybe if you want that, I mean, you can request that. No, no whoever wins, you're going to get to tell us which player you would like to have sign your mini helmet. So if you want Ryan Johansson, absolutely. You want Pecorine? Why not? You want Colton Sissons? Shout out to Colton. We can make that happen too. Here's how you do it. Another secret word this week. So you got to follow all of us on Twitter, PredsNHL. Myself at Brooks Bratton. He's at Tom A. Willis. Use the hashtag PredsPodcast and tweet the secret word, helmet we're giving away a mini helmet tweet the secret word helmet you may have noticed the correlation there we we don't we don't you know mess around here we're just <laughs> if it's, easy, it out, on what us, we're it's easy on you so you're welcome
0: for that <laughs> the other reason of course to use hashtag preds podcast is to ask us questions throughout the week brooks specifically called for a few just before the show and we got a variety of topics yep. and so we'd honestly just like to delve right into them we really enjoyed that In our last episode, just an ability to kind of free it up and talk about a lot of topics uh, and be personal as well. So the first one is from Goldie Glocks. I'm going to assume that's not his or her real name, but writes, After morning skate, the lines are pretty much set. If a player knows they're a healthy scratch, do they change the game day routine and practice something they might not have since they know
1: they'll be in the press box for the game? uh taylor the guy who sent that in if that is him in his photo shout out to him he's got great flow um it's a it's a good question though so a lot of times the guys they do know that they're getting scratched so they'll actually Mm -hmm. stay out longer on the ice after the morning skate just to get some extra work in with assistant coach dan muse uh he puts him through a pretty good workout just it's it's called getting it's called getting mused internally yeah Yeah. so
0: uh, effectively like brooks was saying you get skated into the ground after sure. morning skate if you're not likely to not play in that game
1: well and essentially it's a way to recreate a game as much as possible mm-hmm. or at least the amount of physical activity you would get if you played in that game so it keeps everyone fresh and ready to go if need be um and of course the guys the healthy scratches they still show up for the game yeah it doesn't happen often but every once in a while someone might get hurt in warm-ups sure. someone needs to slide in so they're always there they're always around the team um but yeah good question that's they might stay out a little bit longer and Maybe they're not as worried about their pregame nap if they're not playing that night. Yeah.
0: Um, well, and every now and then you won't see these tweets from Brooks and I, but because of that, those players that stay out longer uh, within, I mean, it's almost like an hour longer sometimes. That's where sometimes you'll see some B reporters being like, oh, these two people are still on the ice. That probably means they're not playing tonight. So if you've ever wondered like why those tweets come out like an hour after morning skate, that's why. Next question from Phil McDaniel. Talk about the fourth line and how their job is to set the tone by getting pucks deep and finishing checks and not really to score 20 goals a season.
1: Well, you know, obviously you got to get pucks deep, get pucks to the I mat, mean, uh, hard yeah. on the four check. <laughs> you just got to play hard, uh, just bring it every night. <laughs> Roll uh, four lines. Every
0: game's important, uh, two points on the
1: line. <laughs> You're right, Phil. The fourth line there, their job is to not necessarily go out and get 20 goals a season. Although, you ever notice the bench when the fourth line does chip one in? Oh, it's awesome. Guys are pumped. Yeah. There's, no, there's not much more excitement than when a fourth liner is able to chip one in. But like you said, finishing checks, setting the tone, playing physical against some of the other teams' top lines at certain times. Yeah, so that's what I'll say on that. And we were, of course,
0: alluding to earlier, uh, just the the locker room cliches. Phil knows how to talk (laughs) hockey, so we'll do the same. Here's what I'll say. So on Thursday night's game against the Winnipeg Jets, we saw Mika Salamaki come back into the lineup. The underlying analytics and the Corsi for that fourth line was like actually spectacular. So I'm curious to see how Peter Laviolette plays his fourth line personnel-wise over the next few home games and then when they head out on the road to Canada. But I say that to say this, that they really were effective, as you mentioned, sometimes against the opposition's top line, but really just controlling. Again, the point of Corsi and that sort of thing is how many shots are you generating? How's your possession? How are you effectively tilting the ice toward your team? How are you playing well? Numbers are really good. Colton Sissons had a fantastic game on Thursday night, and Mika Salamaki showed up. Zach Ronaldo has been the surprise so far of this season. Uh, In his role, he has been fantastic. I I was reading an article recently in which Ronaldo was saying he first came into the league with Peter LaViolette, and honestly, over the last few years, he's wanted to get back on a team with him. Those two just understand each other, and Ronaldo has, uh, at least to this point, changed his game and has really played it well. I, I say this facetiously, but you and I were joking on Thursday night, Colt Sizzles' in a fight, Matias Eklund's in a fight. Zach Ronaldo's in the ice and
1: he's just standing there watching. <laughs> he's the most tame one of everyone. I did I went back and watched it a few times. He did look over to make sure everyone was handling themselves <laughs> <He> all right. <laughs> he did. But credit to him. He stayed back and let the boys throw them. That kind of led into our next question as well. Yeah, well. Alex Alex Sears wanted to talk about Zach Ronaldo. But you're right. It's It's yeah. been a good signing so far. And I said this at the very beginning with Zach Ronaldo being on this roster. I'd really like to think that Peter LaViolette would not keep a player on his roster if he thought it was going to hurt the team. Of course not. Ronaldo has not done that so far in three out of the four games at the time of this recording. Mm-hmm. He had either led or co-led the team in hits. He's been effective in his role. He's had some offensive chances He's had some shots on goal. It's mm-hmm. not like he's out there slower than everyone, not able to keep up with the right, pace. Right. He's doing what the Predators want him to do. I'd love to see him chip one in. It's it's coming. He's getting his chances. Right, and, and I would say that even as we've
0: seen Ryan Hartman maybe, at least early on again, perhaps an overreaction, we're still not that far into the season, but his offensive game has developed a little bit. I would love to see Zach Ronaldo take on that role that we saw Hartman in last year, which is, oh, just that irritant to the opposition, making them... They take a penalty and immediately they're like, why did I do that? Why did I let him get under my skin? So I think as he continues to push that envelope a little bit, it, it could be big. So the final one of fun when we talked about cookies last episode, but this one is just cookies. from Ferlin R. Have you ever mistaken Robbie Stanley for Ryan Getzlau? <laughs> Robbie Stanley, of course, of this station and NHL.com. I feel like that's a bald joke and that's offensive. So <laughs> Ferlin, you should be careful with that. Um personally, I have not. I have not. But I, I get the reference.
1: It's pretty good. It's it's pretty good. Bald and beautiful, as Chris Mason likes to say. Hey, I
0: mean, let's just go one more episode mentioning Dougie Hamilton. If there is a lookalike here, Lynn Kester, who is our feature producer, does a lot of the videos you see on the website. She pointed out from her time with Boston, like when she first started working here with the Preds, she said, you kind of look like Dougie Hamilton. And I, I as, as the doppelganger, am apt to disbelieve that, but... When he was with
1: Calgary, there were several members of the Calgary media that were like, yeah, they kind of look alike. You really do. Dougie Hamilton was walking down the hall one day when Calgary was here, and I thought, why is Thomas coming from that direction? <laughs> <laughs> no lie. Yeah. And it was Dougie Hamilton. Yeah, you really we do. We, you, took,
0: we took a photo together once. It is funny. He, of course, is an NHL player. I am only a two-time Stanley Cup champion, uh, Stanley Keg, Keg champion, champion with, the, with the mighty trunks. <laughs> but... We even kind of skate the same.
1: It really it really it's is fascinating. It really is pretty You're funny. You're both tall and lanky, and you yeah. skate the same, and you don't back check. And- <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it really is pretty funny. Well, for Brooks Braden, you can follow
0: him at Brooks Braden on all forms of social media. You can follow me at Tommy A. Willis. If you go far enough, there's a photo with me and Dougie Hamilton. We took it like a couple seasons <laughs> ago. Fantastic. Or just ask me and I'll shoot it to you. There you go. Tweet us your questions using hashtag PredsPodcast to get involved in future shows. And follow at PredsNHL to see all the best Predators content first. We are now on Spotify. Yeah, by we are. So shout out to all you Gen Zers who refuse to use the <laughs> Apple iTunes podcast app. Listen on Spotify. We're available there now. NationalPredators.com slash podcast. That's the place to go where all the links are available so that you can subscribe, rate, and subscribe. We appreciate it. Thanks for listening. This has been a pretty great episode
1: one more time. Shout out to Doug and Dozer. Have a great week.